Hey, uh, Allie, if, if I fell off of a building for you, would you visit me in the hospital? Mm, would you have donuts? Yeah, of course, it's a hospital. Oh, they then have donuts. 100%. I'm there. Welcome to A Hard Grace Night. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm McSquashed Pigeon. <laughs> and today it is Season 2, Episode 8, entitled Let It Be. Air date November 13th, 2005, written by Mimi Schmier and directed by Leslie Linka-Gladder. Whose name? It's very interesting. I feel like recently I've seen her name pop up somewhere. I assumed her name was an anagram. Really? To what? <laughs> Nothing. Oh. I just, it looks like an anagram. No, I, I literally think that she's been directing for a while because I, I think I literally saw her name right. somewhere recently. Okay. So, yeah. Well, I mean, before we get into it, let's go to, go to our thing about, uh, you know, every Grey's Anatomy th- thing is based on music. And this is actually a first because uh, this is obviously based instead of on, you know, a single famous or not so famous song. It's obviously based on a very influential and important album. Oh, really? Uh, the, you know, uh, The Replacements 1984, you know, you know, like American post-punk alternative rock classic uh, Let It Be, uh, which, you know, is kind of like this wonderful changing point in American alternative because, like, they the, the replacement started out as kind of a punk band. They were, like, a lot of their songs are snotty and bratty and, you know, like, real hard, fast rules kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, this is when, when they got really frustrated, uh, you know, the, like their, their previous album, Hootenanny, just kind of just sounded samey to them. And they were sick of doing the same stuff. And they... You know, like, and they had a lot of influences that were outside of punk, so they were stretching out their, you know, their their chops a little bit, writing slower songs, writing more confessional music. Uh, they even included a, a Kiss cover, which is vastly better than the original, Black Diamond, just a classic. I mean, but they still kept some of the bra- bratty, snotty stuff, too, you know, amidst these brilliant personal songs like Answering Machine and Sixteen Blue, you know, and, the and you know, whole, you know all the, the you know, these other great songs, uh, androgynous. Um, there's so many good songs on that album. They also still have these, like a lot of goofy, bratty stuff, like uh, Tommy gets his tonsils out and the classic Gary's got a boner, which I used to always sing whenever my cat was aroused because my cat was named Gary. Um, you know, but like, it's just I think it's cool that like instead of just going for one song because it is kind of a, a concept album about growing up and being a late teen in the American Midwest in the '80s. I feel that's really like a lot of those themes came through this episode. Uh, what do you think? I, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm inspired and impressed, but I'm, I'm kind of, kind of thinking that you might be just, just, just one smidgy hair off the mark on this what, one. I cannot even imagine. Like, do you think there's anything more famous and important that named "Let It Be" other, other than perhaps uh, you know the, the replacements album? There's not a song called "Let It Be." There's not a title track, so they clearly had to be using the whole album. As inspiration, you know, honey, like you know, Tommy Crust a pigeon or something like that. You know. I'm I'm gonna let you have this one. Okay, because I, I I literally couldn't think of another very famous <laughs> song by that name. So uh, we start this episode off with uh, Alex, who Alex and uh, and uh, Stevens. Oh my gosh, what's her name? Izzy. You are so wrong about how this starts, by the way. It isn't them walking down the hall. Oh hell no! It oh. starts on it starts on Derek's favorite love affair. It's a three. It's a three-way between uh, 
Addison Montgomery Shepard is there, and Derek is cheating on her with his beloved fairy. Is how it actually begins. What? It starts with Derek on the ferry. His, oh. His, his, uh, you know. Oh, my gosh. His ocean stream uh, fucksy. And, uh. <laughs> He's he's riding on the boat, yeah, okay. and he he's totally blanking out uh, Addison. Yeah. Uh, you know, she sees him and waves at him, and he totally ignores her to yep. think about his. Uh, you know, how him much and he his wants fairy, to right. just. I I, I, th- I think his I, dream death would have been T-boned by a fairy. Can I tell you that when you said that at first, I was like, you were thinking of some at Brian Ferry of Roxy Music. Uh, sure, and, and I, I it, when you said a three-way, I was like, with like a little pixie with wings. What the hell are you talking about? Ryan Ferry has wings? Yes. I don't know if you know this. Very special thing he has. Um, after that, uh, we see Alex and Izzy walking Both down... Both saw the drug Derek's waiting for. Walking down the hallway, and Alex says... Uh, and they're talking about how... Uh, Izzy says, you kissed me. And Alex says, I kissed you with tongue, and I plan to do it again. Yeah. Um, and she's like... Oh, by the way, you, 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 that's not even the next thing that happens, by the way. Okay. The next thing that happens is Addison pulls into the parking lot all depressed yeah. and looks over and sees Meredith fucking around with the world's biggest zit on her forehead, which was a delight for me because we're finally back to me being able to laugh at Meredith's Yeah, Meredith's life is not so great right now, and she, she covers up said zit with a Hello Kitty band-aid. No, 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 Alex and, and Izzy come before the, the Hello Kitty band-aid. That's wow. What you know, why don't you just go ahead? Because seriously, <laughs> I'm, I'm so like, my God. I, uh, I only know this because I had the... I had the wiki open on that page. Oh my time. gosh, John! My, I don't think they need a play-by-play. But if you'd like to well, do, you do that, that to me all the time on MMIS, you're like, no, this scene happened before this. Yeah, and but I that's don't... like a consecutive movie where if you tell the plot line before, we might lose information. This, it's like, yeah, okay, Hello Kitty came know, before kissing with tongues. It's okay. Oh, you know. We, by, by the way, by the way, ugh, ugh, you know, like. Why? Why is it anytime someone talks about kissing with tongues, it's just it's so gross, isn't it? It's just. I was gonna weird. say it gives me such a boner. Oh, does like it? Like Gary, the the, the aforementioned oh uh, from the replacement, clearly working in the replacements album. Uh, um, reference. we find out that Bailey. By the way, I just said gives me a boner. Like I am like twelve. What's interesting? <laughs> I am a forty-one year old. What's man. interesting about this episode and what happens here is we are delving into a little bit more of their lives, like their personal lives. We've done that before, yes, but it's sort of almost like we're. <laughs> sort of circling around a carousel of information. So he's right. I may actually miss some of them because I wasn't expecting that to be what happened in this show because we kind of have a formula of what's going on. But right now we're actually, I think they're doing this so that they can then open up information and plot lines for later. So we kind of, this is that that episode where we're so learning you're saying a it's a more. transitional episode? I don't think it's a transitional episode. I think it's an expositional episode, for example, with what happens with Bailey. So Bailey is, oh, we, Bailey, we, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, so Bailey is, um, uh, she's she's being pursued by other places for the, her fellowship because she's finishing. Oh my her- God, I thought you were talking like there was an awesome chase scene in the hospital, maybe with some parkour, but no, no, you're no. right. She's being more like, she's being more like recruited. Re- re- recruited, what did I say? Pursued. Well, yeah, she's being pursued. She's being yeah. recruited yeah. Uh, by, by uh, you know, several different places because she's Bailey and she's badass. Yeah, right. Um, and one of the places that's recruit hard recruiting her is obviously Seattle Grace because, uh, you know, she's the chief's protege and he's so proud of her. And, and as we women. learn later, one of the other ones is, of course, the renowned hospital Chicago, Chicago Central, Central. Which, I'm, yes. which I'm fairly certain is going to be the new Dick Wolf show within I mean, the next well, year or I two. mean, I think they changed their name to Chicago Med is what actually ended up happening. 
So no, no, no. It's going to be a spinoff. It's going to be a completely different hospital <laughs> with a, a completely different set of uh, very, very Chicago actors who are all born in Australia. Different than uh, <laughs> Chicago Hope, because that was another. Although that wasn't a Dick Wolf show. Uh, anyhow, so um, so so the they chief, did have a wolf's dick in it once. So the chief comes up to her first, in the episode seeming of the nude so, seeming. Seemingly, you remember the episode with the nude werewolf? Okay, in we're Chicago we're Hope done Hope. with this. No, so uh, that, that was a show. We're Mandy not Patinkin, watching. Right? Yes, and we're not talking about Chicago. Mandy Patinkin, the nude werewolf. We're talking about my God. I will turn this podcast around. <laughs> You're driving me crazy. Oh my god! You make me watch Grey's Anatomy. I make you talk about nude wolf dicks on uh, on Dick Wolf shows. <laughs> Mandy Patinkin's wolf dick, particularly. He's a teen wolf. Did you know that? I mean, an, an adult teen wolf. I don't know what the term for that is. I guess just a wolf. Or is that exclusive to Jack Nicholson? So anyway, uh, the the chief is obviously. Going after, but he's. I hate to interrupt you again, but we want to be very clear here. The chief still has all his hair, but it's white now. Because I remember in the early episodes, he was, like he was doing a little Grecian formula thing, but now he's. he's you should see. She's not very happy with me right now, folks. <laughs> I'll be quiet for a while. So the chief is pursuing is is going to Bailey, and he's talking to her as if he's uh, seemingly at first excited for her. Oh, you know, this is such a big time for you this is a big deal you need to really you know weigh your options and explore and of course you know we really want you here and she's distracted Bailey and uh, kind of shows it off like yeah it's great that all these people care about me right now I don't really care because I'm busy and I got stuff to do um, but thanks chief you know not not rude just more I'm distracted right so uh, she kind of she doesn't blow him off I would say but she kind of like she's like yeah I got I got, yeah, I got she had, she's like I have a surgery I think, she's or distracted so yeah she's, she's just in a hurry yeah. like she she doesn't seem to be paying much attention right. to what he's saying she's not not giving him a lot of credence and of course chief's uh the chief being, you know, like, he, he likes to put on a bold front, but we, we know that he's a very emotional, very, I wouldn't say petty, that's not the right word, but like a very, he gets, he gets very offended, like he's got an ego, he's and he got, gets very offended when fragile. people don't pay attention to him. Slightly fragile. You know, he's a little fragile. I love the chief, but a little fragile. A little fragile. A little fragile. Little fragile. Um, um, and then I believe after that is our window washer. Yeah, and, and you know who isn't fragile? The window washer. The window washer. In the next scene. So, now we watch a scene where George is hapless for a while. Oh, and poor like, George. You know, like we're we're back we're back to actually like, before we see George, we uh, not to jump on your you know plot penis, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but we actually see Christina walking with coffee to give to Burr. Oh, is that it, it, that happens before? And oh, then you're she right. Passes yeah. By George. And we get and you know let's go ahead and get this out of the way now. Yeah. Because I, I'm, I'm going to say this right now. Uh, this this episode, we're going to get a little bit of a more return to form of my like kind of being like, eh, about Grey's Anatomy. You know, like the last couple I've been pretty charitable about. But I, I did, I, this one is eh for me. But I will say this. This is the finest, consistent coffee acting yeah. we are going to see probably ever in Grey's Anatomy. I, will I think agree this with episode. That. To the best of my knowledge, we'll keep an eye out. We'll let you know if it gets better. But this is like prima. Everyone coffee acting in this in this episode is top notch. We get we get Yang killing it with coffee acting. Burke does okay, I think. He does with, pretty good with his. Uh, Addison has some coffee acting. Addison uh, always, kills always, it. always good. Kate Walsh, best coffee actress in seriously, in Hollywood. honest to god. Uh, and then we we also have some some standout coffee acting from both. Uh, I think the chief. She, uh, and Bailey, uh, you wrote them down. Yeah, I think I yeah I wrote them down in different spots. I just I just wanted to go ahead and get it out. Um, yeah, yeah, James Pickens Jr. and uh, Chandra Wilson. Yeah, killing, killing it with the coffee. coffee. Oh, that's right, that's right. Because they that's right. near the that's end. That's near but, the end. But we... there, there we have five. We have you know why? 
the five best coffee actors in the show were given cups this episode. And you know what's funny is that Katherine Heigl had her see-through pink mug again yeah. with the tea. Apparently the idea is that she doesn't drink coffee. She drinks tea. But hers actually had liquid in it and you can see it. And you're like, oh like, They gave her the training wheels. Which was smart, though. Yeah. That's what they should do for every actor. It is hard to do that. Unless you've got Kate Walsh, James Pickens Jr., Sandra Oh, and Chandra Wilson in your... It, true. You know, then you, you're fine. You yeah. can do whatever you want I would love it. to pick... And to a lesser extent, Isaiah Washington. True. I would love to, to pick uh, um, Shonda Rhimes' brain and be like... You realize pretty quickly. You, get, you I, gave her training wheels, right? No, no. You put every, you put you put water in all those, didn't you? Because you were smart and you helped those actors out. I don't. I don't know though, because we've seen many, many later period shows where we've seen bad coffee acting. Still, not necessarily in her shows. No, in, in Grey's Anatomy. Have we? Yes. You oh, pointed out in newer yeah, episodes. You're right. In newer, in newer episodes. episodes, you pointed out. Yeah, but she's out to not me. really show running anymore. Oh yeah, I would say. So you're saying Chandra Rhimes at a certain point, somewhere in the middle of the second season, before she really stopped yes. running the show. This is, this is my she wasn't even the showrunner then, by the way. We know that someone else. I can't remember the name. Was, oh, we learned that in the right. trivia in another episode. We're going on a little bit of a digression it's here, okay. but, but the fact is, what you're saying important. to me. I just want to be, be, be clear. What you're saying to me is, <laughs> we are entering. To your predictions, yes. a golden age of coffee acting in Grey's Anatomy? Yes. I do not agree. I think we're gonna, if we keep our eyes open, I, I'm going to put a, a gentle person's wager with you. Okay. That within the next three episodes, we will see some goofus coffee acting from somebody. In the next, how many episodes? Like three or four episodes. Okay, somewhere so in somewhere in the next few episodes. In the next handful up of episodes, we are going to see some From these itself. five or just somebody? No, from somebody because these okay. are good coffee actors. That's, That's what my you're point. saying. Okay. I'm saying you're, 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 you're grading on a, you, we're not seeing Meredith with that. We're not seeing Katherine Heigl given another empty cup. Yeah. You know, we're, we're seeing the pros, like the best of the best of the coffee actors in the Shondaverse. Yeah. Together on one side. Actually, I, I say that without knowing. Jeff, I bet Jeff Perry is probably a good oh, coffee actor. Oh, he's probably killer. He's probably a killer coffee actor. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to say George that. George with coffee. I don't think George drinks coffee, which is actually a very smart character choice. Because he is uh, full of beans. And in fact, this is where we go to. Yes. Let's get back to George. Yes. We get some hapless George again. This is a George we haven't really seen we, we haven't much since about... the first... No, hapless George is. Before, hold on, right before that though, I was talking. Oh, you're talking about Yang. Right in the middle. No, of, I'm no, sorry, I'm talking about Yang. Okay. Yang had had brought coffee for. They meet in the street, which is just always. Oh, you said Izzy, yeah, but it was Yang. No, 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 Yang. Yang meets up with Burke and hands over uh, a cup of coffee. If I said Izzy, and it I stays the Yang. same amount of full yes. as it hands yes, over. Yes, yes, they're doing a very nice job of it. But they, but but. Uh, I love Christina, that we keep calling it coffee acting instead of object work. <laughs> Christina passes by George on the same street. Um, I don't even know if they acknowledge each other, but there's just like you see uh, it, the camera sees that they were on the same street. And then Burke and Christina have an exchange that's important that comes up later, which is Burke says, date night tonight. And she's like, uh, yeah. And he's like, you forgot. And she's all, yeah. And he's yeah, like, are, yeah, are you, is this okay? And she's like, yeah, no, I'm still, I'm into it. So yeah. So yeah. So we're going to have a, we're going to have the first time really that they are going, that we're going to see them out, outside of the hospital, yes. outside of like outside of the, the little sleeping attending rooms. And you know, on a real, real date. On an actual date, like with real romance. And um, so, so then, anyway, they, but they basically, that the scene gets passed off to George since he's on the street too. Yeah. And we get some, we get some, again, we get, we get, the hapless this is the third time I've tried to say it. So this time I hope I, I hope you there's it. nothing you got else. It now. It's we get you. the hapless George that we were seeing in the first few episodes is back. He's just a complete like he's he literally like is car- trying to carry a bagel and he's like clumsy and a bird craps on it and then he drops the bagel like out of shock 
And then he looks down, and the and the pigeon lands next to the bagel and starts eating it. And George and I'm like, look, and I wrote wrote my notes, womp womp George. And as I was writing that, having forgotten the next scene that happens, it's really more like womp womp thump. Yeah. <laughs> because a a man falls directly in front of George, who had just stopped to look at the pigeon eating his bagel instead of walking forward. And you know, George's like, uh, you know, and that is the that's when we get the, and we get. Full shitty credits. And I finally, last week, Allie was talking about the Kate Walsh scene, and I had missed it. I finally saw it this time, at, like the weird overhead view of like a table. Yeah, it's like a, di- a, like a dining a area. Dining area, it's you know. It's like, I don't know weird. why that's Kate Walsh. You think if it was Kate Walsh, it would be like someone shaping a, an immaculately perfect oh, eyebrow. It's really You know, but that's right. not a, or, or maybe a lantern jaw. <laughs> Something. You know. Um... Oh, but anyway, careful, Sparky. so the next thing, the next, the next people we meet, and I guess we're, we're starting to get to patients now. That was our first patient, by the way. Yeah. Um, I can't remember his name. Um, I didn't write it down. I didn't I can either. Check on, you know what? I can check on the wiki but really quick. It's important to say this. You can talk about that comes, while I'm He here. comes into the, obviously he's brought in by George, and the people who end up working on him, uh, Bailey takes lead on this particular one, and George and Yang um, are helping, uh, and it, this is the thing. The man has fallen five stories. Five stories, and he's alive. He has bo- breath sounds in both lungs. Everything is good. The only Except for two things. His leg. Yeah, he has a, he has has a, a fairly fra- bad fracture, fracture on his leg. on his leg. And he has various assorted pigeon parts embedded in his back because he landed on top of the pigeon the in pigeon front of The pigeon saved his life. The pigeon, yeah. The pigeon is dead, but Stu Vargas... Is alive. Stu, that's right. Stu. And uh, and he he is and um, he's Bailey's patient along with uh, at least at the beginning, Yang, George and Yang. Yeah, George and Yang. And uh, they like basically George and Yang have to pick chunks out of this uh, this guy's back. Right. And we get like this whole basically George and I will say this is where I, it, it's like I normally like George, but George is he was obnoxious in this episode in this because episode. he's he's discovered life has meaning because this guy survived this fall and and, he's, and didn't and he, kill him and, and it didn't it didn't and, and and because he didn't get because he would have been hit by that guy had he not like dropped his his bird shit covered bagel on the ground and watched the pigeon who was killed by the guy eating it. Yeah, I like to think that pigeon had a family and it's very depressing. Okay, mm-hmm. no. I'm just kidding. Crush the pigeon. Crush so, the pigeon. So anyhow, the man. Uh, so this stew. Um, Big Dastardly and Mutley are so obviously happy so him. frustrated because George won't shut up about the fact that this is. You know, I can't believe he fell five stories. Carpe diem, man, and like he's just so annoying through the do we, entire. Do we want to just kind of? Do we just want to kind of get go through? Yeah, like, we can go through patients. his story. Yeah. So basically, what happens is about halfway through the episode, George has been obnoxious to this guy so much, and the guy's just kind of blowing him off a little bit. And George, like, in the middle of a monologue about, like, blah, 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 you know, like, how you should be so happy to be alive, you know, you fell from this height, you da, da, da. and the guy just sort of turns away or something, and George suddenly, like, finally puts two and two together I mean, about an which we hour all knew before already. the rest of us did, yeah. and the guy had attempted to commit suicide. Right. He and, jumped you know, off and, the he, and basically, and, and he ends up telling, you know, like, how, like, he, you know, like, you know, and George is like, no, your life has meaning. Clearly you had to live. You know, and he's like, well, you know, maybe, uh, you know, like, you know, like my ex-girlfriend, Bailey, no, Bailey, Daisy, Daisy, Bailey's, <laughs> Bailey's Bailey. Uh, he wants to see his ex-girlfriend, Bailey, who they put Daisy. a, Daisy, Daily. <laughs> Bazy, <laughs> Daily Bazy, um, give us this day, our Daily Bazy. Um, he's, he wants, he wants to talk to her. It's his ex-girlfriend that he screwed over. And she over. happens to work at the hospital in, in Billing. In, in Billing. And by the way, they did some serious 
Chekhov's yeah, was great. billing department it was in this. Great. Because there's a scene earlier in the episode where, uh, you know, obviously if you've listened to last week's episode, we know that Derek is back with Addison and and Meredith is alone is alone and sad. And there's a moment where the two of them are in the elevator together. And, and there's other people in there. Other people in the elevator. And, the, and, the, and there's a woman, uh, Tanya, who's complaining about food poisoning and her bill and having to go to billing. And, uh, like, she ate one clam or something, one of something, and she, and she got food poisoning. And she's just really pissed off that she has to pay for this. And she needs to go to billing. And they both say basement yeah. at the same time. And they realize they're in the elevator together. Yes. You know, and... Although I can't imagine Derek didn't know she was in the elevator because he's actually sitting in the back looking like yeah. basically in her direction, but she didn't know he was there. Right. Because I, which I can't imagine because apparently I don't know she walked in and didn't notice the smoldering hairstyle. I mean, I don't know how you don't. It just basically hangs there in a halo of glowing. Okay. And but and and, and, and uh, let's, let me put a pin in his hairstyle and we'll go back to that after we finish talking about Stu, Stu Vargas. So. Um, so George says, I'm going to go get her and bring her to you because, you know, you you know, like your life obviously has some meaning because of this. And he goes down and uh, he finds her and, he, and, you know, he's like, why the heck is Billing so far away from the hospital? And she said, because we don't want to be around sick people. <laughs> like, you know, the Billing is like you have to go through the morgue and like go down a tunnel it's and then, like, you have to climb across. You have to swing across a rope. <laughs> uh, over a fire pit, it's it's Zip crazy. Line, uh, it's, there's it's there's really scorpions good. in your way, yeah. and you jump uh, over them and climb. Oh, I'm thinking ladders. of pitfall. Yeah, sorry, I'm no. thinking of pitfall. Um, so, so anyway, um, wow, I just watched it go into the red when I said ah there. Yeah. Um, so he's uh, you know, he he meets her, he meets meets Daisy Basie, Maisie Mabel, Mabel yeah. Deep in the uh, in wow, I can't talk anymore in Billing, and she and he says, you know, Stu, uh, you know, sent me, and she's like, what? He's like, is this a joke? And he's like, you know, he's in the hospital. He wanted to talk to you. And she said, that's, it's 10 years too late. Yeah. And you realize he's been hung up on her forever. And like, he's fine. Like he, he's, he, like, this is an old screw up. Yeah. That he's been harboring. That he's been harboring for years. years. And then honestly, I mean, I guess like the whole point of this, this Stu is basically a character that's a placeholder to get George to realize that like his happiness that he's thinking about this ex- ecstasy he's feeling about life having meaning yeah, and everything and the food tasting better and the colors being brighter is BS. Right. And I, I feel bad because like the show basically like they go in to fix his leg, which is really badly broken and they have to reset it. And, uh, they ask him. He he sees George and he asks if he if and George he found and George Daisy. says, yeah, you know, she she couldn't make it, and he's like, she's oh, on vacation. she's on vacation, and like, and he's like, oh yeah, she's probably with her mother, and blah blah blah, and then he goes in, and like, literally the moment he goes under, he dies. Yeah, and like, it's just like it's really unceremonious, and I get it. That does happen. And even Bailey was very much like these things happen sometimes. But I, it's I, on the table and, and I they get, die. I get it that it does happen, but yeah. it just it, it's felt like it's so convenient to give George a metaphor. Yeah. Either that or it's a really shitty remake of the Final Destination movies where it's like, oh, you were supposed to die, so you just died. Right, right. You know, so, So you that's know. his... And, and the thing that really annoys me about that is it would have been so easy for them to say, like, we missed an internal injury. Yeah. Or something. Because I get it, people do die, but this is a work of fiction where you're yeah. controlling all the variables and it just seemed, it just seemed really dumb yeah. for him to just die. Right. I you know, like there could have been a, you know what, there was she something. Says we have to wait for the autopsy. There was that at least. Yeah, but it like, but they never like. I feel like it, they could have said something like, you know, like it would have been cheesy as well. But something about you know, like, well, there was something broken inside of him that we just didn't know mm-hmm. and couldn't be fixed. Yeah, you know, something like that. 
Yeah. You know, just like that. That's that's a first draft. Ignore that. But yeah. you know, but you, you know what I'm saying. I just, I just, I, I, I really felt it was like a cheat. It was just he was a prop used to make George learn a lesson. Right. And I, I think I, I felt kind of eh about that. Yeah, like, I hear I, you. I, on I, that. I, I, I did not like that. All right. Anyway, so going second, back, so let, let me take that pen out of oh, the beautiful sure. hair as we meet the next people, the completely beautifully Shonda Rhymedly named Savvy and Weiss. Were they? Were they next? Uh, or was it Mrs. Sorrento next? It may have been her next, but I, mean, I didn't write anything say, about you, her. And I did, so you can do Savvy and. But Savvy, Savvy and Weiss are friends of uh, of Derek and Addison, and uh, and I said I put the pin in the hair because uh, Weiss looks like he Weiss looks like a really bad Xerox version of Derek. Yeah. <laughs> like he just looks like a droopy, sad eyed, heavy browed, but he's got like a similar sort of like long flowing like locks of hair. You know, just not not as well done. You know, it's like the difference between seeing like a Chuck Jones cartoon and like one of the other crappy cartoons, and then like a Bob McKimson probably yeah, would yeah. be the one. And yeah, like it's just it's it's like everything's slightly off model. And then of course you could have those people would say more seeing a Chuck Jones Looney Tune versus seeing a Chuck Jones Tom and Jerry. Yeah, well, Chuck Jones <laughs> Tom and Jerry are definitely off brand. Yeah, the, this off model big time. Off model big time. You know, but um, <laughs> his eyebrows are too dark. Honestly, you know, no, actually, you know what it feels like. It feels like. It feels like seeing a Chuck Jones Looney Tunes versus one of those really loosely animated Tiny Tunes episodes. Mm. Like you could always tell there were certain episodes of Tiny Tunes where the animators were too loose. Like and it looked like it just looked real sloppy, like the volume wasn't consistent throughout the characters. Or you saw when they went when they literally went from hand drawn to computer. That was frustrating. Yeah. Well, I, I think of that more with The Simpsons, but uh but yeah, like but yeah, you could like it just like he anyway he's a, he's a really he's really like an off brand Derek. Yeah, he looks he like a, like he looks like if a if a balloon like a like a life size balloon of Derek was slightly deflated. See, and I think he I think if you mix in a little cousin Ira. Yeah, I know you, you you think he looks like cousin Ira. I don't. I Not one hundred percent, but he has cousin Ira. He doesn't have cousin Ira's terrifying brow and oh, hairline. He has some. He has some cousin in him. Yeah, yeah. he has some cousin in him. That's a little yeah, like as in he's <laughs> slightly inbred, maybe. No, no, that's that's unduly mean. Uh, but yeah, like he just doesn't he just doesn't look he looks like like maybe like a bad boardwalk caricature True. of Derek maybe. Sure. Anyway, he looks kind of like Alice Cooper in Derek drag. Okay, so um, Savvy and Weiss are and, their Sav- and Savvy looks like like some sort of like slightly older, slightly off model Kristen Bell. I guess, bit. yeah, I see that. I guess. Yeah, like like Kristen Bell after like ten more years of slightly hard living, not super hard living. She's still, you know, Savvy still like got it, but she's she's like like in her mid forties. See, and, and I think she looks like if you took Kristen Bell and you. And you morphed her with now Jennifer Jason Lee, that would be savvy. Oh, maybe. I don't see. I don't see as much Jennifer Jason Lee other than the allowing herself to age gracefully with dignity, which is really cool. You know, uh, which I do support. Yeah, well, uh, we yeah. all do. You look. You look great, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, and you, you look. You look great for your age, and that is awesome. Yep, that I is agree. a good thing to do. So, um, so yeah, let's like, talk about what's going on with. Well, with basically, savvy what's and going Weiss. on with Savvy and Rice is. There's a thing called the BRCA gene, uh, which anyone who's uh, got family members with breast cancer uh, probably is aware of. It basically is, if you have that gene, you have about an 80% chance of developing breast cancer or, or, ovarian, or cancer. ovarian cancer. So Savvy has decided to take the bull by the horns and take the horns off the bull, so to speak, uh, because Savvy is getting prophylactic surgery. Her mother is, just died. Her mother just died. She's got the BRCA gene. She wants to get basically... What she wants Addison to do is a 
hysterectomy and a double oophorectomy. Yeah. And then she wants Addison to find a surgeon for her who's good enough to do a really, really bang-up job of a double mastectomy. She wants to remove basically all of her biological sexual indicators because there's she, she'd rather live life without any of those things than run the four out of five times chance of getting cancer, which has, you know, a high chance of being fatal. Yeah. You know, while breast cancer is very survivable if you catch it early, as we all know from you have many survivors in your family. Yes. You know, uh, it is something that is, you know, you know, cancer. It's cancer. Cancer. Cancer can always kill you. Yes. You know, uh, so, you know, so she's decided, and I get it. I, I totally get her, her line of reasoning. Mm-hmm. And I think the show does a, I will say this, the show does a fairly good job in this with Weiss as a character, her husband. Uh, he of he doesn't want to be unsupportive, but he's really upset that she's basically made this unilateral decision to, as he, like, as he's viewing it, kind of unsex herself. Yeah. And let me be very clear, they've been trying to have children yeah. for about seven years. You know, so basically this is going to end that. You know, adoptions this is, would be the adoptions only are only option, and basically she's going to be taking hormones. The sex drive that she used to have may be gone. You know, she's the, probably going to age. She's going to age like you know, like you age rapidly after you know after like a menopausal situation. Usually, you know, like a lot of those, you know, like like a lot of those hormones were what was keeping the skin youthful. You know, so he's like kind of like and like he's upset. I mean, he and on some level he knows he's being a jackass. But, like, I, I think they do a fairly good job of presenting him fairly as someone who doesn't want his wife to do this very radical surgery, you know, and feels like she's basically made this decision without him and she's, you know, pushing him, railroading him into this into, into a life that he's not sure about. So for those of you who remember that Addison had told Stevens that she really thought that her, she was, you know, pretty good with her specialty, Stevens is on this case as well. Yeah. So um, Stevens obviously doesn't agree with this. Yeah, yeah. In fact, she's she's actually. I would say Stevens may be even more. Stevens is really hurt. Yeah, it's it's, it's like she's it's very, Izzy's Izzy's hurt yeah. by this, and it's kind of. I will say this. This goes back to a conundrum I will have for the first several seasons of Grey's Anatomy. I don't know how much of this is bad writing and how much of this is bad acting hmm. with Katherine Heigl's character. Because I found Izzy came off as petulant and childish in a way that I don't think was intentional. Yeah. About it, you know, like, like, you know, like I, I just, it was inappropriate the way she talked to this woman. I agree, and I was sort of surprised that no, that. And the show, and normally, like, there are times when this show does this, where one of the interns will say something inappropriate, and a Bailey or another attending will be like, "What are you doing? Get yeah. out!" You know. But this, she's just. And this is someone who is seriously Addison's like close friend, right? And I don't know if Addison Addison wasn't in the room. She wasn't this, for any it, of them. But it, like the show does nothing to basically stop and Izzy so from having is, this. And Izzy's supposed to be the one who has the best bedside manner of all. Yeah. Of them. And what's also strange is that Savvy doesn't seem like annoyed that this intern has a has an opinion about her body. And her breasts. Yeah, Sammy surprisingly, like I feel like very patient. And this is where I think it may be the writing, Mm. because I feel like much like this guy exists, you know, for this for that, you know, like this guy Stu exists basically to teach 
a lesson. Yeah. I don't think savvy exists just to that because there's a lot more to go on with Yeah. Because they're more like really something to, for which, for, for Derek and Addison's relationship to be looked at through True. a mirror at. But like in these scenes, savvy seems to just exist to teach Izzy a little lesson about, you know, what's important. And probably to have a, a they do this sometimes in the writing of like, I'm, I'm going to use this person as my mouthpiece for what I, a political yeah. Stand. Whether it's what they believe or don't believe, right? Yeah. It's still a political. But voice. like, but it's really it's clumsy, and it I, clumsy. I like I, I don't I don't care for this at all, and it doesn't help that Catherine Heigl again only has one emotion, which is mild irritation or smiling. Those are actually yeah. two. Those are two emotions: smiling and mild irritation are our two emotions yeah. that she possesses. Yeah. So, and, uh, so even she, smiling, you always feel like there might be a little mild. So irritation she qu- she questions this. They have a conversation about it. Savvy tells her what she thinks. Uh, Stevens doesn't agree. She says you have other options, and she says I don't believe I do. And then the yeah. blah blah. Yeah, her op- blah, the other blah. option is, is get cancer. You get cancer and then fight, fight it, like hell. Fight like hell. And I'm like, I'm just kind of like, you know what? That's a sh- you know what? Fuck you. Like it, like and you know what? Yes, I get it. You, you know that option. The op- the option. You know like and if you present it, like. And that option needs to be presented by someone other than Izzy. Yeah, agreed. Because like, there is a, the part of that option that I get is, you know, if you want to build a family, you want you want to take that risk. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe you know, like you you try to have that kid. You try it now. You do whatever you can, and you know, and if you and if you get cancer, you fight like hell. Mm-hmm. But. It's not that's not really presented that way, no. and it should not be Izzy that presents it. Right. That needs to be either her husband making that fight or Addison making that fight. You know, and like those are the two people that I that, that would coming for, that coming from that would work. You know, like but the, but like you don't it just doesn't work coming from from Stevens at all. Agreed. And it just it's just and again, like I said, this is an episode that I'm I, I'm just not pleased with yeah. a lot of the ways that, that things work out in this episode. So with with Weiss and uh Savvy, their story we will take them through their story arc. Uh, essentially, they, you know, you, Weiss is not happy about this. He's expressed his dis- dissension about it. Shepard's on his side-ish. Shepard as in Derek. And obviously Addison's going to do what Savvy wants. And they, at one point, decide to go out for dinner, the four of them. Yeah. And they're out to dinner. And they're having, and, kind of, they're having cocktails. Yeah, and Weiss gets drunk and says some pretty Yeah, like basically stuff. they're trying to be encouraging and Weiss basically can't. And he says, this is bullshit. And yeah. he's like... And but he says some crappy stuff, and you kind of get like, but like I, this is actually, I will say, I did think the way he was presented was good here because he he says, yeah, I'm the asshole, yeah, because I can't I can't deal with this, and yeah. he just goes off to be by himself. He doesn't like like it's obvious that like the way it's done is you can tell he's like he's being a dick, and you you know he's not right, yeah, but he is presented as. Like this is coming from a place where he is hurt and he doesn't know how to do how to Handle deal with it. it. Yeah. It's not coming from I'm just a abusive dick who doesn't want my wife to, you know, to be anything other than a sex object to me. Right. You know, like he's just he's very obviously like torn and hurt, and feels like he feels like he doesn't get a say in like the relationship in his life. Yeah. And, you know, again, he doesn't really have a leg to stand on. I want to be clear on that. I'm not. I don't think he's right, but right. I do think I like that they present him. With a little more nuance than just like bullying, like jackass. Agreed. And you know, and kind of like the the through line of this going forward is whether or not Weiss is strong enough to hold up. And this and this is basically done to reflect off of Derek 
you know, and, and Addison's strong relationship. Enough for because Addison. like like he ends up having a t- he and Weiss have, have a talk. A chat. Oh, yeah, they have a chat. Like uh, where you know like uh, where basically like Weiss is like well the two of you like you could leave and cross the country you know like like obviously you know, like really you know, like any. You know, and Derek's like, I'm fighting like hell for this right now, which he isn't really. But like, he, he well, we're going back, therapy, we're going back to the thing where they're going back to the thing where like he's like, you know, the vows, mm-hmm. you know, and I the ring, the is ring, it? and I and I remember hearing this and going, God, I know what they're doing here. They have to make Derek completely not an asshole for leaving his wife, like so that he well can because make, she cheated on him. I mean, right? It is but they have to like they have to like the show has to make Derek perfectly not yeah like because he's got to be the sainted perfect guy for 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 meredith to get with eventually right, right. it's like like if he if he like leaves his lawfully wedded wife it has to be 1000 percent that he gave it his all yeah you know Agreed. And i think i mean I, I think that's necessary for the show's like ethos about derek i, I fully agree uh, but 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 like but he points out to weiss that the difference between what addison did like he left the country after addison cheated on him with his best friend right Whereas Weiss is wanting to leave her because his, you know, terrified wife doesn't want to die and wants to spend the rest of her life with him alive and healthy. Yeah. You know, you know, even if it's with plastic breasts and reconstructed nipples and what have you and right. hormones replacement and whatever, you know, like, but that like kind of like, hey, dude, you know, like I get it. This is hard, but like this is hard for her, too. And like and she she's not hurting you on purpose. Right. You know, she's not doing something that's betraying you. Right. You know, she's making a, a tough choice she has to make. So the next day, um, Addison and uh, Addison's taking pictures of, of um, her, uh, boobs. her Well, actually, mostly her body because her boobs aren't coming off in that surgery. It's just. Oh, no, no. She actually flashes because it's going to be the last because they are coming off soon. Right, right. She's, got, she's, she's getting she's taking the pictures of her now before everything before goes. Before everything goes, right. So she's taking some some like nude pictures or it's, and they're laughing and they're having this nice conversation and whatever and um she asks if Weiss is there and and uh Addison says she hasn't seen him and Savvy says it's okay. He'll he'll come. He'll he'll Yeah. He'll make and it. and you can and you can kind of feel like the in her voice is the like this is half her trying to convince herself. Yeah. So she gets into surgery and Derek shows up, and she looks. She's up. like, she looks up, thinking it's Weiss and it's Derek, and you're like, and the show, the show's doing the double fake, you know, like, well, oh, he's not there, and then Derek. Well, she even says, so he's, he's not, not coming, and then and Derek then steps Derek aside, and, and and Weiss is there, and he holds her hand, and what have you, and I thought it was, I don't know, maybe it's just me from my one experience of being in an operating room when, like, when Jackson was born, and you know, you had a C-section. You know, you know that I'm giving that. I'm telling. Like I was yeah. there. Allie had a C-section, and I had to go in. Is like he's in scrubs. Yeah. And he's not wearing gloves, and he's not wearing any like thing. He's just in regular scrubs in there with like a thing. He's got the surgical mask and yeah. the hat on. But it's like when I went in there, they gave me like a big old bodysuit to wear over my stuff. They didn't give me clean and press scrubs to change <laughs> into. Yeah, but you, ours was an emergency seat. That's true. We didn't go in like, hey, we scheduled this. And I still feel like a hospital, like, that seems like an awful expense on the hospitals to not just give the little disposable paper, like, thing that I had to wear. The friends I, of the, the yeah, two attending surgeons. Are you I know me? it's a nitpick on my part, but it's I just. a real nitpick. Also, like, that dude is just seriously bare-armed and, like, whatever. I'm like. 
like, you're not sterile. You're not sterile. Get out of this operating room right so now, dude. So what, what happens while they're watching the surgery go down is uh, Izzy and Alex are up in the gallery and they're talking and she's saying, you know, you wouldn't, you know, could you imagine, what if it were Because my, they, had a whole, they, had a, yeah. they had this discussion earlier where Alex is completely like... Was like, supportive of Supportive Daddy. of her and, 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 and I think part of like, I think they were trying to get part of it is that to a very real extent, Izzy doesn't think like Izzy's been like the pretty girl her whole life and been very feminine and she's been a model and whatever and on some level getting rid of that is like basically making herself unattractive and unavailable right you know I think that's I think that's what they were going for I wasn't quite 100% sure I that's what I'm saying I think that's what they were going for but I don't think it was like I said I don't think this was well executed yeah but anyway, so she's she gets in Alex's face about that. And at one point she was like, would you cut your, you know, would you, well, she didn't say dick, but I can't remember what she used, but yeah. probably penis. She might have said balls. Or, no, she, I think she said, she was talking about his actual penis. Oh, I don't remember. But like, you know, like basically, would you cut your dick off if you're, and he said, if I was about to die, yes, I would. You know, you know, you know, like, and she's like, whatever. You know, I don't think he would. <laughs> Well, but later... Later seasons, Alex would. No, no, but later in the in this episode, you know, because she makes a comment about like, you know, yeah, like you would really want to be with me if I didn't have my rack, which you love talking about and whatever. And later he comes over... Would you over, kiss me with tongues yeah, if I didn't and, have yeah. a rack? And so later he comes over to her and he's he sits behind her and he says... This is towards the very, very this end of the This is near episode, the very end of the episode. But he says, he says that you have, a, you have an amazing rack. And she like, turns around to like get really pissed at him. He goes, no, let me finish. You have an amazing rack, but... You know, it's not your rack that makes me want to be with you. It's you. And they have, like, whatever moment, and she's all happy. I think she hits him, but then they have this, like, happy moment. Yeah, whatever. like, whatever. Anyway, yeah, blah, whatever. Blah, blah. Uh, that wraps them up. So it wraps we're done them with up. Them. And, um, you know, but and, moving on anyway. to... And, we're, and we're, we're, we're in the early chapters of the shitty relationship between Izzy and Alex. Yes. So Mrs. Sorrento, um, she's Gray's patient, uh, Meredith's patient. She comes in with um, pain in her abdomen and... Um, long story short, because it's not important. She's she's elderly, I should say, and she and her husband have this a very, very doting, years, loving relationship. Sweet, sweet relationship. And they're they're, they're a sweet old couple, she, and she has gallstones. She, she has she has gallstones. So they they take her in for surgery, and while they're in there, they realize that actually they've calcified, which means it's it's gallbladder cancer. Um, so they come out and they tell the husband that she's you know. They're very sorry, but she probably only has about four to six months to live. They oh, by the way, I just learned something. Savvy's name is Savannah. Sorry, I just had oh, to get that out. That, makes, that sense. makes sense. But she was only called Savvy in the episode, yeah, so how would I know that? Savannah. Um, anyway, so so along, you know, basically the husband, they've been married for X amount of years or whatever, and they're planning this trip to Italy, to Venice, and to go on a gondola and whatever. And he says, "Please don't tell her." And Meredith's like, "Wait, you don't want to tell your, you don't want me to tell your wife that she's gonna that she has cancer." And he's like, no, no, I want her to just enjoy it and, and, you know, feel, she's so happy. You saw how happy she was that we were making this trip. I don't want her to, you know, be, be upset. And John and I looked at each other and went, she's going to figure it out. Like, yeah, like, you know, she's cancer's not feel good. When they say and, you have six months to live, it's not like you've got these six healthy months and then you keel over suddenly. It's so weird. It's like, oh my goodness, that. I have cancer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's not how it works. Not how it works she's going to waste away. Yeah. It's going to be very quickly soon and soon yeah you know it's gonna be very soon that she's gonna be in a lot of pain she's gonna suddenly lose a ton of weight she's going to just like she's gonna look like death incarnate yeah and whether yeah and yes so meredith does like she doesn't really agree not to tell her she just just, she doesn't know what to do she doesn't do so it's been a few hours and she goes to bailey and she's like 
yeah, so Mr. Sorrento doesn't want me to tell his wife that and she's And like, but you told her, she's right? She's like, but you did tell her. And she's like, well, not yet. And she's like, she is your patient, not him. You go tell your patient that she has cancer. That's your job. So Meredith does. She goes and tells Mrs. Sorrento when Mr. Sorrento... And by the way, you don't even actually know the gondola story until right now. That's true. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. We knew that they were taking a trip. Yeah. We just didn't... Uh, to yeah. Italy. But we didn't know the thing about the gondola. Anyway, she tells she tells Mrs. Sorrento that, you know, the story, what's going on. And she says she says this thing Like, about I've been my husband for 60... Like, what, for yeah. 60 years. You know, I've been with the love of my life. Blah, blah, blah. And, like, you can't tell him. Yeah, don't tell like, him. Like, don't tell him. And so basically... They leave the hospital together, and she's like, and "He's like, how can you do that? How can you be and like you? You'd understand, you know, if you met that it, person, you know, yeah. Like, you know, like you you would understand if you've been been with this person that you love. Like you, you just, I just wanted them to be happy. Like they both just want the other one to be happy and not be thinking about death, right? And so the irony is they both know, but they're both hiding they it both from each other, and they're both the pretending. Yeah. No, they neither of them know that the other one knows. That's what I'm saying. They both don't know that. You, the other oh, one I thought you said they both know. No. no, they both don't know that the other one knows, yeah. and that's you know, and I'm like, that's a. I don't know. It's a. It's a. I guess a charming sort of story, as long as you ignore the fact that someone is only a few months away. From yeah, which is like seriously debilitating illness. Because guess what? He's gonna figure it out too. Yeah. You know. Uh, but anyway, um, as a side note, before I forget, um, you were talking about the gondolas and everything. I just have to get this out now because this is a story of, in my life. Um, you don't really think about being southern all the time and words being pronounced weird when you grew up and everything i never heard like anyone outside of like my immediate family like talking about venice for many years don't worry i never said it to anyone but i was under the impression for because only my family had heard speaking that it was pronounced gondola gondola Gondola. i had never i'd never heard it pronounced gondola until i was like in my teens and i saw someone say gondola on a tv show and i went uh Oh my! Oh God! Oh, and I thought about. It, I'm like, yeah, that that's a lot closer to what I would think an Italian would say. Oh shoot, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, I it, it you know it's like it's like I imagine if like the all the contestants on the Great British Baking Show actually heard a Greek person say baklava, <laughs> yeah, instead of baklava. <laughs> so um, uh, that kind of wraps up that story. And I think the only one we have left is the. I, and I did not even realize his name until I checked the wiki. It was the name of the, the one patient we have left, which is on Burke. Yes. And, uh, and, and, and Yang's. Yang's date. Right. Before we go there. We're going to go We're gonna go into that. I just want to say, this patient, when we finally get to this patient, we got another... Like, this isn't, this isn't even a, a Shonda name. This is, a, this is like a cartoon character name. Yeah. This character's name is Speed. That's awesome. So, oh, that's right, because she keeps calling me. So anyway, so but before we get into there, because it all sort of co- comes to fruition because of the date. But before that, as I said earlier, the chief has been um, hurt that Bailey has been kind of blowing him off about... Oh, okay. Whole, I, I, I was going to do this, that bit after the date, but yeah, that's fine. We can do it now. Um, well, I figured the date is a good one to end it on. So uh, so he, he keeps pursuing, and finally he finds her... And she's sitting for just a minute with a cup of and coffee he, and, and, and doing some, some great coffee acting. Yeah, doing some great coffee acting. And uh, he comes in and he pours himself a cup of coffee and he finally like lets her have it. He's like, you know, Bailey, I just don't understand. He's like, I'm really hurt that you don't, you know, take into consideration I all the hard work we put into like, you. I know you're being wooed by Chicago Central or one of these I don't know many. New York New York Prep, yeah, and, uh, the heck Houston Doctorland, yeah. <laughs> or whatever, whatever made up hospitals we've got here. That he made up um, and. 
and he just he's like laying into her and she's just looking at him and she's just looking at him and she's just looking at him and finally with that Bailey stare with that Bailey stare and finally she goes she, it's quiet he stops ranting the Bailey eyes and and she, he stops <laughs> and Marin, and and Bailey looks right at him and she Can we said, talk a little bit more about the replacements and Bailey looks at him and she says totally deadpan. I'm pregnant, you moron. I think she could, I thought she said jackass. No, she said moron. Okay. No, you blind moron. You blind moron, yeah. You blind moron. God, I love Bailey. Yeah. And he's like, wait, what, 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 what? And then he lays an egg. Yep. And then he realizes it. And then he's like, well, congratulations. It's such a weird moment. Yeah, that's why. Because that's why she can't do the fellowship is because she's pregnant. Yeah, she doesn't know what to do. She's right. so frustrated. And she's so mad. She's like, been, and she, she actually, they've all, like, actually, she says trying for seven years. Yeah. I don't know how long Weiss and Savvy. They've been trying for a long time. Too. They were trying for a long time, but like, but she's apparently been trying for seven years. And like the week before she gets the fellowship announcement, she finds out she's pregnant. It's such a terrible so moment. She's, she's so mad. Yeah. So, she's so mad at Tuck she's Senior. She's so mad at Tuck Senior that mm. this happens now. She's like, men, and she's all pissed off. And so, uh, so, so, so the chief sort of backs off. But as well he might yeah as well he might at that moment hey anyway. you know what this is not the chief's fault For as far as he knows he's never gotten anyone pregnant that's before that's true tick tock tick tock tick tock we've got Chekhov's 19 Ding. like 13 season long yeah. gun or however long it is so um, uh, let's do the last one so, so the last one is we got Yang uh, Yeah. well we get let's do the Yang gets ready for the yeah. date and, and she changes into like out. she's changing into all these different dresses and, and every and, dress that she puts on she gets smaller and smaller yeah <laughs> she's like she's tiny it's yeah. amazing yeah like well yeah Sandra O weighs approximately 13 pounds which is she has the longest torso I've ever seen you're just jealous I'm you're, so you're, jealous you're, of you're just jealous because sometimes your rib cage and your pelvis clink together and make sparks. They do. <laughs> You've got a tiny torso. I don't know how Jackson fit in there. That's why he came. He went, three, he went out like, forward instead of sideways. That's why he came out three weeks early because he was like, "I'm done in here. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> There's no room." Oh, anyway, enough about uh, enough about your pelvic girdle. God. <laughs> um. So yeah. So they go uh, like anyway. They end up going out to this restaurant, and uh, it was really quite a coup. Getting 1984 Billy Joel as their waiter. <laughs> like, I expected him to start singing for the longest time. Uh, it was, um, but they, they, they go to this restaurant, and that's where we actually learn, because part of the, the, I mean, I will say this, I, I, they're once again kind of the comic relief yeah. for a lot of this episode, you know, um, is, you know, like, we, we learn once again how badly they are not compatible in, like, who they are, uh, because uh, we learn, like, basically that, Burke is getting the lobster and 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 he's or, and like she wants to get a Bordeaux as her wine and he's like well that won't, won't be as well the Chardonnay will be better with the lobster and she's like I'm getting steak and he's yeah. like you eat red meat she's like, <laughs> you don't yeah it's a great you know moment. like it's like a like a like one of those things where you know like so you get the back and forth there and just and it's really awkward they're having a super awkward terrible like. They, it's so bad. They like, don't work outside yeah. of medicine because Yang doesn't really have a life outside of medicine she's that she super cares awkward, about. Yeah, and, and so, so so at one point she's like, "Yeah, I got to get up early," and she you can just see that this date is ending badly. Very badly. And all of a sudden you hear this: uh, "Is there a doctor in the house?" And they go, "Yep," you know, and <laughs> Both spring of them up, pooped. you know. And and I want to say like, let's let's because uh, I, I actually turned to Allie and said, "Hey, we've actually been in a situation." No, like, you well, actually not. I said actually I said uh, who? How often do we get? Did someone actually get to say, "Is there a doctor in the house?" And Allie reminded me. That yes, 
actually, we, we actually were, were in, in a situation like that on Yom Kippur in a synagogue. Someone <laughs> so asked, wait, so just stop. So just stop. I want you to just imagine it. Just imagine it. You were in a huge synagogue, two floors, like, you know, Yeah, we're in the back of a balcony in the, in the synagogue. We uh, weren't in the balcony. We were on the downstairs floor. What happened, it happened in the balcony. We were downstairs. My mom would never get balcony seats. Come on. It's my mother. Okay, we're in the back, though. We were in the back. Because I, I, I had a wall behind me. We I know were in the, the back, back, but we were not in the balcony. Where, where yeah. this happened was we were like, we were like, We were in the back smoking cigarettes and like <laughs> we passing notes. You know, like not paying attention to the rabbi at all, throwing paper airplanes. Because we're bad. You're a bad Jew. You're a bad Jew, and I'm, I'm, and I'm a Gentile, so I don't really care. Uh, no, but, it, but like... In the middle of a sermon. And you're this, you're this kerfuffle of noise, and you hear, is there a doctor in the house? And I... Look, I'm going to try to not... I don't want to come off... Like, I don't want to play into stereotypes. Let's just say that. But if you're in a synagogue, <laughs> that question was answered so quickly with yes by like five people stood up and then someone said, I'm a dentist. <laughs> oh, it was the best. Like, it was the best. like it was, it was absurd. And then like nine mothers like pointed to their, do- picked up their daughters and started pointing them. It was, <laughs> it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. It was quite a moment. It was, it was quite a great moment. Um, and I believe- and Allie, Allie, your mother gave a look at you like, this is what you could have. And you have this unemployed, you have this unemployed she cartoonist. Not. She loves you so much. I was employed at the time. And she loves you so much. I know. It's I'm all good. Whoa, dude. Don't bite anybody, Sparky. Look, just because I put my finger in your eyes, no reason to get angry at me, you <laughs> terrible dog. So, uh, Yang... I didn't mean to put my finger in his eye, but I did just put my finger in his eye by mistake. So, Yang and Burke rush over to this guy, and, you know, they believe he's having a heart attack, and then all of a sudden they look at his fingers and realize he has Marfans. Marfans. Which is, you know, a very serious situation yeah. and it really basically means that the aorta can go at any time which yeah. they tell later to the woman and they rush him to the house and they're like and the woman's like who are you people and they're like they're like we're cardiothoracic I'm, I'm a cardiothoracic surgeon, surgeon or something he's well, a no, no, no. cardiothoracic surgeon yeah somebody somebody actually says no it was the pd the, not no it was the the paramedic was like uh and who are you like giving orders of where they're going he's like we're going to seattle grace this is the way you're going to take and you're going to do this on the so way is, like yeah. he's, give, yeah, like, he's giving like detailed all the stuff and so they basically follow uh they hop in scrub in they're both they both work on this on this on, on speed yeah on speed um and what you realize is what that really blows my mind that is that speed racer could have died at any time of a collapsed aorta like just driving the Mach Five, and then where would where would, like the 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 racer family would have been so bereft because they would have lost both their sons. Little known to John, Racer X is actually Speed's brother. <laughs> so, wow. Okay, for all the rest of you, uh, what's so everyone lovely, got that? <laughs> what's so lovely about this moment is that you see where they work best. The minute that that person said, "Is there a doctor in the house?" They looked at each other and, and they're, they're off, and, and they're and they're in, in sync mode. and they're like, like totally they're working it. They're they're both moment. working. They they go through the whole operation. The end. Uh, Burke apologizes for how the date went, and and she said, "Are you kidding? That was like the, the best, best date, date I've ever. ever had." Yeah, it was great. You know, and so that's that ends. I, I don't remember how the episode actually ends, I don't but know. I think we've gone through all the we've gone through all the arcs. Salient it points. doesn't end with people drunk at Joe's. Oh, oh no, you know how it ends. Wait, wait, before we before we go back, we need to go in the middle. No, I need to say in the middle of this episode i just remembered there's a scene i just want to get that before we forget there's a scene in the middle of this episode where meredith is talking to to george and he's going on about life and the value of life and whatever and it's set in the weirdest place (laughs) there's no sense of place to it it's like they're in a on a hill in like a park with like a wall a stone wall that george is balancing on and it's it's so off-putting because it's like maybe it's a famous place in seattle 
But it's like they're just there and it's just for a scene. I think the idea is that they're just outside of the hospital. But you don't see any of the hospital. I know. You don't see any establishing shot to like show where they are. And it's like, it just feels like they've wandered into like just another place in time. It was really, look, I've just spent the last few months watching 18 hours of David Lynch making a, basically an art film on Showtime. And that was as, that was as off-putting to me as like at least 70% of that series. Yeah, I agree. It was a weird moment. But anyway, so this is how this, this is how this ends. Uh, it's an elevator moment. Oh, yeah. So Derek is on the yeah. elevator. Meredith gets on the elevator. It's just the two of them as it's going. And she says, she's facing front. They're both facing front. So she can't see him. But she says, she takes a deep breath and she says, I miss you. And he walks up. This was actually really, I think this was a great moment. He walks up behind, did. shut up. He walks up behind her and he doesn't touch her. But you can see that he wants to he like takes like a stalker sniff of yeah, her yeah he does it's like this weird like but you can just tell Every he's so he doesn't know what to do and he finally leans in and he says i can't and then he leaves the elevator right and and uh, an entire and if we went back to this point in 1995 i'm pretty sure there's an the, the collective shriek of the fans trying to like get them together probably was oh, happening there was so and much- um and i will say Mirror this there on. is there's actually speaking there's another and maybe this episode's director just like love to do visual shortcuts that didn't work for John. The the, the depth of, of focus on the camera in the elevator was such they made a door closing sound, but the door like the depth of the elevator was such that the door should have been in between Meredith and the camera. Mm-hmm. And it really bothered me because they were they weren't that tight on her. And she's like it, like it just and at one point when they're talking, the elevator doors then close where they should close. Yeah. But without the sound effect there, yeah. and it was just—it was a very weird and off-putting moment. Once again, like it, like it just—it just filmically did not work, and it bothered me. And I guess my my summation of this episode is: Grey's Anatomy is slipping back into what it was for me before. Aww. Like I had a couple of good episodes, but it's starting to get back. It's getting goofus again. I mean, other than the coffee acting, which again, super top super notch, top and notch. we'll see if they can maintain this. Yeah. In the next few episodes, Bailey's pregnant, man. That's pretty cool. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good run with her being pregnant. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I, I, all right. Well, you know, like, and I think, yeah, we're we're gonna see a lot of work with Bailey in the future because uh, we we get to mom Bailey, which is definitely, I mean, you know, she's already basically their mom anyway. Well, actually, she's more like their mean older sister right now. Right now, yeah. You know, but um, you know that that we're we're coming upon soonly. Soonly. Soonly, we're coming upon sweet, sweet. Uh, you know who? She'll be in soon. Ooh. Because they have to graduate to the next year. Yes, I know. I'm. We're. I'm. I. I, I am looking forward to to my my, my sweet beloved uh, my sweet beloved Lexi Gray. Um, rest in peace. Spoiler alert. She's not T Bone. She's T Wing. Not. <laughs> She's T Wing. Um, my 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 sweet my sweet beloved Lexi Gray, and her sweet beloved Mark is coming oh. soon. Oh yeah. That'll be good times. I actually, I actually like Mark quite a bit. We I, all like, like Mark. Quite like a bit. Mark is a Mark is a far more interesting character than than, than Shepard for me. So when he comes up, it's gonna be really funny because he's always present. He's presented as a foil to Shepard in the early scenes, but he's way, way more fun and entertaining than Derek all the way through for me. Well, the you know, well being usually equally are. steamy. Yeah, equally. So yeah, that pretty much wraps us up at the end of. Uh, let it be in season two. Right, so, you know, um, it, it ends with uh, you know answering machine playing. Um, 
a really really touching but dated piece where Westerberg cries like how can you how can you tell someone you know you're sorry to an answering machine which mm-hmm. we don't really have answering machines anymore no. but you know it's still it's still you know, like a, a touching piece of uh, of Americana hey John where can they find us uh right now we're on our couch um, the dog is in your lap uh, you're looking at me like I'm a jackass and I guess that gives me the hint that I should uh, tell you that we are on social media the at, at the Twitters at Hard Gray's Night. Um, we are also, uh, you can email us at, you know, well, at Hard Gray's Night at gmail.com. Um, you can find Allie on Twitter at A-L-I underscore Goodman dot Nothing. Twitter.net. Yeah, what are you talking about? Allie, Allie, Allie underscore Goodman at Twitter.com. Wow, I don't know how Twitter works. This is quite fun. I've got over 8 trillion followers and I don't know how Twitter works either. Uh, you, can find, like you can find followers. this Yahoo over here who's obviously in need of some sleep. I'm so tired. At Hitler Puncher. Um, and uh, yeah. Hey, and look at my pinned tweet. Go buy yourself a Hitler and or Trump getting punched shirt. Come on, man. You know you want it. I'm wondering when you're going to make uh, Derek's Airstream fuck yard. I'm not, I'm not making that because I'm not I'm not going to write the, the, the those kind of words. It's offensive, or, Derek. Derek or, is an offensive name. What about this? McDreamy got T-boned. Yeah, T-boned. And then just do like a T Actually, I, actually I would probably just put a, a, a like a smiling, cartoonized face of, uh, of Patrick Dempsey with T-boned written across <laughs> the top. totally do it. I'm going to get T-boned. <laughs> Yeah, write it right in and let us know if you pay if you pay good uh, good, good hard earned American, American and or European dollars or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what whatever. I don't care what, what kind of money we just send. As long it, as it PayPal converts. will take it. We as don't long care. as PayPal takes it, just send me some oh money. Oh my god. Send me lots of you money. Need to get some fan art. I need money. So anyway Which is a which this is a great Beatles song, uh, but that first Beatles reference of the episode for some reason. Yeah, I know. Anyway, um uh, so yeah, the so Listen to the replacements, let it be, it's a great album. <laughs> If you have seconds to rate and review us on iTunes, um, I know it's Or is it called Apple Podcasts now? I don't know what it's called, but it's a pain in the ass, let me tell you. And I know because I listen to a lot of podcasts and every time I listen to them and they're like, hey, rate and review us. I'm like, I'm driving. I'm not going to rate and review you. I'll do it later and then I forget. But don't I'm, listen to us while driving. I scream a lot. <laughs> but, but either way, if you do happen to catch us at a listen moment... Listen to the replacements. Let it be while driving. It's great driving music. If you happen to catch us at a moment where you can pop open your computer and go to iTunes or yeah. Apple Podcasts or whatever they're called... And or your phone or your, or your whatever, tablet... Rate and review us. That Smoke would be signals. awesome because uh, the, more, the more, you know, you are one fan... Give us rates and reviews. Others will see us. We apparently. might, we might, we might get up to seven fans. Which at which would be point, cool. we oh, could, yeah, you with us, field a, a baseball team. Hey, for those of you who are more on Facebook than on, uh, oh my god, I think I said those of you who are morons. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, dude. First of those all, ableist of you language, Bailey. Who are more on Facebook than Twitter? Oh, we, we have a page. We yeah. do have a page for Hard Grace. That right? I, I, that. You keep wanting me to run, but I keep telling you I don't visit <laughs> Facebook very often because Facebook is full, is where uh, I learn that all of my friends from uh, high school, college, and beyond have terrible political opinions. So I don't like to go there. <laughs> yeah, I know. So anyhow, thanks again for listening. This was a really long episode, but we adore you. Way longer than the actual episode. I mean, always. So thanks so much for being It's probably because I spent so much, much time uh, on those asides. Maybe. 
about Maybe. about my or, life, or the about gondolas, about gondolas, and, and the interruptions, and doctors in the synagogue, and the interruptions. What interruptions? Although your stories are actually much more fun to listen to, it's just when you start ranting about other things that are dumb. Listen to the replacements. Let it be. Anyhow, have a great. There's a really great cover too. There's like all of them on a rooftop at one of their uh, mother's houses. You can really see their personalities and how they interact with this each other. This has been and their Hard Graze Night signing off. Kiss off. Listen to the replacements.